0: everybody and welcome to Art Drama Llama where we look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities. My name is Manji. I'm Vartika. And I'm Sianja. And today we're going to look beyond Edward Hopper and Josephine Nivison. All right, Vartika, take it away.
1: I feel like we should say Josephine Nivison and Edward Hopper because as I'll explain, just yeah, anyways, Edward (laughs) Hopper, just no <laughs> um so josephine nivison like man she said um she was his wife um but the thing is what people don't know she was already an accomplished artist by the time she started dating edward hopper and this was because she had gone to college uh at a time for a teaching degree at a time when most women didn't even go to college um she had acted a bit so she was really creative she was even robert Henry, I think I yeah. said that right. Robert Henry's star people at the New York School of Art. And her one of her classmates was actually Hopper, or Edward Hopper. Um, she didn't really pay attention to him at the time. So that kind of also shows you what, like Edward Hopper was just not that big of a deal. <laughs> and she had her, her art was so famous that she, like her paintings had hung next to those of Picasso Medigliani and Man Ray, and like a lot of other famous big artists at the time. Oh, um, yeah. sorry to
2: interrupt, unless you're gonna say it in a minute, but like what exactly did she like paint? Like, what was what kind of artist was she?
1: Oh, yeah, I was getting to that. Maybe, um, maybe. It's okay. She painted brightly colored impressionistic landscapes, which charmed critics. Um, and she had also spent time in Europe, and so she was involved in like the art communities there. Her art style in college was also, like, or not in college, like, before she married Edward Hopper, was more of, like, the Fauvist type of colors, which are typically more pastel, I believe, uh, like, pastelli type of colors. And then her art was also more ground. It was grounded and, like, more realistic compared to, like, what her future husband painted, which was more imaginative. Um, her subject matter also self-consciously incorporated stereotypes of femininity. yeah I said that right femininity (laughs) and she was kind of aiming at what she like in college she was kind of aiming at what she thought would please the students in a women's college at the turn of the last century so this was in the early 1900s and also what I mean by I think I said femininity that was all that's that also meant using like feminine colors which were typically described as watercolors which I'll explain in a second why that was a little bit of a big deal. But going back to how famous she was, her other works were also showcased next to artists like John Singer Sargent and the star of our first two episodes, Georgia O'Keeffe. So that shows you what a big deal she really was. But she's one of the forgotten women artists. Um, We just never really hear about her. How did you hear about her? Oh, well, (laughs) I was like, oh, let's do, let's look up stuff about Edward Hopper. He seems like an interesting guy. And then I was like, wait, Josephine Nivison. Edward Hopper is such a, (laughs) such a jerk. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to start ranting right now, but I need to control myself a little bit. (laughs) So Edward Hopper, um, he didn't stand out, like even in college. And when Josephine Nivison met him again, he was just kind of drawing Uh, images and like covers for magazines. So very low key. He had also only sold one painting to the Armory Show, which was a, um, the Armory Show, ah, sorry, the Armory Show is one of the world's leading international galleries. um, And it showcases works from both modern masters and also um, like their contemporaries. And what it does is it helps the art market thrive through like making, buying, and selling, and um, also discovering art, and a fun fact about the Armory show is that it still occurs, so if you wanted to check it out, you can just look it up. There's one this year, so 2021, guys.
2: <laughs> Let me make I had- something real quick.
1: <laughs> Submit it, yeah.
0: Yes. wanna wannabe. Yeah, that's so interesting. I had no idea what's still went on, because I remember learning about the Armory show during our, our history class, mm-hmm. and that was how, like, a lot long- Early 1900s, modern artists in the US were like known. Like, that's how they got their works displayed. You know, like the salon was the 1800s, and then the armory show was like 1900, which is super cool that it's still going on. So, yeah. Yeah. Is it like,
2: um, is it like the last, sorry, sorry, is it like basically the last big like art display place? Like
1: art show type of thing? Yeah. Cause that's a good I question. think in the
2: Dada one, you said that the salon is like, gone
1: yeah the salon um doesn't happen anymore but this one definitely does good to know yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why i looked it up i wasn't sure uh if it still occurred or not i was like oh since the salon doesn't this one we should submit this podcast (laughs) it is a work of art
0: Uh, also to your question about like art exhibitions um i think art basil is kind of like another art conference show type place like a like a gallery that displays art that doesn't is not in a museum setting it's just like an art conference where everyone goes to basel switzerland for like a month and like that's where all the up-and-coming artists are now so oh, cool. back to edward hopper and jo- 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 josephine nivison the other was, way around minchi yeah sorry josephine nivison who is an amazing artist on her own right and her relationship with her now soon-to-be husband, Edward Hopper. I mean,
1: they're not alive, but <laughs> at the point where I was telling at. Yeah, um, in the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was not very well known. He had only had one piece sold at the Armory Show uh, in 2013. And when she re-met him, it was like 1923, 1924. So yeah. Uh, he was really unsuccessful, um, and she helped him out by convincing she she was having like one of her big art shows, um, as I guess she usually did. But she convinced the curators at the museum to help him out also. And mistake um, number one, yeah, <laughs> the biggest mistake of her life. <laughs> um, display his work with her, uh, with hers in the show too, and that kind of launched his career. And it ended up being at the expense of her own. Um, He also ended up finally selling another piece.
2: (laughs) So two total. Yeah,
1: are are we keeping track of her mistakes? Oh, wait. No, no, like him selling, yes. Yes.
2: First mistake, being born a woman.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is very unfortunate.
1: But yeah, it ended up being at the expense of her own, like after they got married. Um, What happened was since he kind of took off she be- basically became his manager or yeah his manager josephine and- became
0: edward hopper's
1: yes okay. yes Quite thank the you foreplay. for clarifying i feel like it might not have been clear but yeah she became his manager another big thing that happened also there though was previously since watercolors were kind of seen as feminine like most i guess most male artists didn't use them um and Hopper was the same way. He previously dismissed watercolors as an artistic medium and he relegated it to just commercial illustrations. So he was very pretentious and, like, just, he's like, I'm not going to use this. <laughs> How did she marry uh, and, this
2: man? Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, at Georgia O'Keefe, too. Like, why, what possessed them? Okay. <laughs>
1: But yeah, 1923, they started dating, 1924, uh, which was the same year that the art show happened where he got featured in 19- yes, 1924, the art show happened, and then they also got married that same year. So mistake number what, three? (laughs) I think Um, two. No, okay, yeah, three, because they started dating.
2: One was convincing that guy to, like, help him out.
0: Mm -hmm. Wait, mm -hmm. what was two? Dating. No, oh, it should be wait. one was dating, two, convincing the curator, and then three, getting married. <laughs> okay. All right. Now if we're we going have that chronologically, interview. yeah.
1: Yeah, so now that he had started having gallery representation, um, like I said, she basically became his manager. She kept track of his sales, saved his press clippings. She even talked for him in interviews because he was just kind of like, uh, I think the word is reticent. He kept to himself. He was a little bit Shy too, which I guess he was shy only outside, not at home.
2: This is family. like a setup for like some identity theft scam. <laughs> like she literally could have just ran with the money. Anyway, I, I'm assuming that's not what happened, unfortunately.
1: But yeah, she even talked to, for him in interviews because he was just kind of like that type of person. And because of that, journalists portrayed her as a nagging nuisance, which is kind of like the beginning of where you see like the misogyny in their relationship because i don't think if i i feel like if it was the other way around uh if edward hopper was josephine nivison's manager he wouldn't have been seen that way like he would just been helping her out and being a good manager while as yeah i
0: think this is like the opposite reflection of like the georgia o'keefe alfred stiegelt's relationship that we were talking about in the first two episodes because essentially that's what it was like Alfred Stieglitz I guess there you couldn't make an argument that he was like kind of already famous when Georgia O'Keeffe was becoming famous as well Uh, whereas like but I mean Nivison was also famous you know she her work was being displayed alongside other famous artists right Mm -hmm. and then Stieglitz was the one who was like helping Georgie O'Keeffe getting her work displayed and then assigning meaning to it. And yet no one ever really talks about Stieglitz as nagging, right? Like everyone yeah. sees him as an influential photographer on his own right, um, as well as being, you know, O'Keeffe's husband. Yeah. So I think you're all right. I think if the roles were flipped, they would have not well, seen Hopper I as feel like a nagging manager.
2: I feel like that double standard still applies today because a lot of people say, and, like, outside of, like, the art world, I feel like, in general, if we have a woman boss, and she has the same attributes as a guy boss, she'll be seen in a very negative light
0: mm-hmm. versus,
2: like, the male one that has literally the same attributes. Right. Like if he's, like, pushy, it's seen as pushy, bossy, or whatever, it's seen as a good thing on him, but on a woman, it's, like, oh, she's, like, a bitch.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I remember there so I was like a perfume like, commercial. So this is just
2: like a age old Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's like a perfume commercial.
2: A perfume commercial. That yeah. I was like that? I remember
0: this very distinctively because the Dior. I don't remember what it was, but it was like like if it was it was he's displaying a like okay. a man and a woman boss. Well it was like the adjectives to describe like the male boss was like he's strong, he's a leader. Um, and then the words to describe the woman was like bossy, too aggressive, and things like that, when they were really displaying the same things. So yeah, it is like a double standard that is even active today.
1: Yeah.
2: The ultimate mistake being a woman? and no, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> Honestly, kind of.
2: <JK>,
1: kind of. <laughs> it really sucks that we still see this today, but yeah. hopefully one day things change. <laughs> I think um, it's getting better. Yeah. I feel like everybody
2: says that.
0: I mean, I think if you were to... Okay, okay. (laughs) I mean,
2: I would rather live right now than back then. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have all time periods. Now is the best time to be a woman.
2: Yeah, if I'm going to be called a bitch, I'd rather be called a bitch now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, continue, Bartiko. We were at the point where Nivison and Hopper have married, and... Her art career is falling apart and she's managing his, and his is starting to blossom.
1: Yeah. Um, but going back to Stieglitz, Nivison knew Stieglitz. He tried to exhibit her art because he saw potential, but there's not really much more information beyond that because a lot of the information we do have on um, Josephine Nivison comes from um, her diaries and any other like personal bits of like, information that we can find in their, like, belongings, whatever, because they also didn't have kids. And then also, um, Reverend Sanborn, he was a close friend of the Hoppers who took care of Edward Hopper's older sister. He also had a lot of their, like, personal letters, papers, documents, and, like, paintings and drawings by them. So whatever information we do have just comes from all of that. There's no, like, I guess- No one else can, like, I'm sure if you go and find Stieglitz's, like, diary or something, maybe he might have written about it, but, like, (laughs) there's not much beyond, like, oh, I see potential, Um, but, like, that's it. Yeah, no no
0: documentation of any kind.
1: It sounds like Frida
2: and um, Diego. Like, a lot of people are like, Frida, you should, like, do your own thing. You're such a much better artist. And she's like, No. I'm good.
0: Yeah, but now she's famous; like everyone knows Frida Kahlo. She's, but she's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, Diego still is like very
1: much famous in his own right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, uh, Nivison also knew Stieglitz, Um and yeah, going back to however um, like their marriage. So they got married. Her career was kind of falling apart because she was his manager now. She had also befriended a lot of the early feminists because um, 1919 was whenever women got the right to vote, right? So that's kind of, I guess, around that time is probably when she met a lot of those people. But she also had to give up a lot of those friends because um, she had to give up a lot of those friends whenever she married Edward Hopper because his friends also didn't like her and i'm assuming her friends also didn't like him because the type of person he was which i'm getting to i feel like i keep teasing it but (laughs) i'm getting there um josephine was his manager but she was also his model she kept painting herself like for her own self but she was never widely regarded again and as his model she modeled for a lot of his paintings like one of Edward Hopper's most famous paintings is Nighthawks. Um, It's these people sitting in kind of like a cafe type of setting. And she's actually in that painting, which honestly is the only Edward Hopper painting I know, or I knew before this, but... I was about to say, like, this
2: horrible man is the one that painted that. (laughs) Yeah. Also, also like... Don't a lot of people like? Oh, it's so philosophical because he doesn't have like an entryway, like a way for people to get out.
0: But then yeah. he's all like,
2: "This that was a mistake. Like, I just forgot to paint it on."
0: No, I think his work in general uh, is supposed to sim- symbolize like being extremely lonely, lonely and apart from society because he was introverted, like Vartika mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, I so that work like really emphasizes that. But you will also see it in all his other works. But it is his most well-known one. It's supposed yeah. to make you feel like really lonely and separated from the rest of society,
1: which I think is why I was like, "Oh, Edward Hopper, he's such a, he's probably such a great guy or whatever." Which is kind of what I think of like all these artists until I actually learn about them. And I'm like, "Oh, wait, <laughs> maybe not so much." Um, but yeah, Nivison or I guess Josephine. We'll just call her Josephine now because they're married. <laughs> <laughs> as his model, she even burned herself once because she was posing naked on top of, like she had her, I guess her foot or something, or like she was standing on top of a, the stove top for the painting girly show, which I'm like, why? <laughs> like was the stove on or something? Which I guess it might've been on because I'll get to this in a second, but they had coal. They used coal to burn their or to use the stove, they burned coal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like those old-timey stoves where you have to keep the fire going and it probably, like, heated their home as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, She is also featured... Another, like, famous painting by Edward Hopper is A Woman in the Sun. She's also featured in that. She was actually 70 years old in that painting. And when you look at it, it looks like a young woman, but, I mean... So they stayed married all those years? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. which is also surprising. Um, I will also okay. talk about that. But like, yeah, I'm I'm like, why? Why did they stay together? But like, this is kind of where you start seeing how badly she was treated. Or I guess this was since a woman in the sun was later in her life. She was used to it at that point. But like how I'm telling it, uh, he made her wake up at dawn and stand in the cold apartment naked for that painting. So oh my gosh. Yeah. And they're living in New York City, so you can not oh, imagine it's okay, probably I'm cold. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why. I'm thinking of her as like a little old lady and like she's having, to do all- yeah, she's having to do all this for her stupid husband. But the thing is, he kept her as a model probably because it was cheap <laughs> or he was kind of a cheap type of person. She oh, to pay the worst. Another like model. And since his wife was already trained as like an actor, um, he was like, oh, let me just use her. And then I guess she also agreed because she was jealous um, of like, or she would have been jealous if, if there had been another woman. So I feel like uh, it was a little toxic on both sides, but like so a she lot was a little toxic. possessive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot toxic on his side. All these artists, man. Yeah, I know, right? That's why we started this podcast. To get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Or not reveal the tea. The the phrase is spill the tea. Spill the tea on all these artists. Back to Edward Hopper. He also... His palette also borrowed a lot of her, her bright hues that she used. So he became kind of he just became a success and by contrast when she tried to emulate his style she lost all recognition so that's also where you see like oh he was using like the kind of color scheme and stuff that she was using and it was fine like he became a success but once she started doing it it was like oh whatever type of thing yeah I think that's
0: so crazy because like in a lot of different scenarios it's like a female artist will kind of start a specific you know will use a specific technique and then when a male artist uses or co-ops it it just takes off and then the female artist gets no recognition at all and then I feel like a lot of times our historians will just be like well then the woman's career just like didn't really it just bluttered after that happened and I'm like that really sucks right because it's like a male came in co-opted your technique and then just blew up so then if you keep doing it, no one's gonna recognize you or they're gonna think that you are emulating them. That that's terrible. Like I can't I can't even imagine what that must be like.
1: It's like the discovery of DNA. It's it was actually right. discovered by Rosalind Franklin, but stupid Watson and Crick took yeah. all the credit. Like, no. n- men just suck. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sorry to all our male listeners, but <laughs> Our
2: dads. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, shout out guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there are some exceptions, but in general.
0: <laughs> we're not we're not five
1: good guys.
0: We're not feminist Nazis, okay?
1: <laughs> yeah, we should clarify that too. <laughs> so yeah, he like whenever she tried to do something, it was like, oh whatever. But whenever he did it, it was regarded as a big deal. Um she was also, he was just kind of a stuck up kind of guy. Um, she called it strutting superiority. Uh, he pushed her out of painting and she tried to fight it. They fought a lot physically. So like they actually hit each other, scratched, bite, and like oh my god, sometimes even to the bone, her diary said. So very violent. Um, wait, 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 wait. So when they would bite each other, like it would hit bone. I mean, I guess, or, like, they just to each other really hard. I don't
2: know,
1: man. They just, this is so toxic, but whatever. Um, And one time, as one of their anniversary gifts, he also made her a coat of arms out of a rolling pin and a ladle, because I guess that's what she used a lot to hit him. (laughs) They were, like, old people at this point?
2: Oh, I mean, I don't know if they did it
1: because like, I'm imagining that like in
2: their like mid forties, like
1: oh yeah, yeah, still, wait. still young
2: fighting. But yeah, I should mention this?
1: that when they got married, she was forty and he was forty one. Oh, okay, so okay. They were already <laughs> in their
2: forties. Okay, because I was like, okay, they got like married in their twenties, forties, peak of fighting. But apparently, <laughs> according to this, they're old as crap fighting. Yep.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on, Tika, you were saying that um, Josephine and Edward were fighting each other because they were, you know, toxic relationship. He was pushing her out of
1: painting, all of that. Yeah, there was, he was just so mean to her, kind of like, he disparaged her artwork. He was really condescending. He called it a pleasant little talent. So not even like good talent, just pleasant little, like it's okay. Um, he told her that no one liked her for her work. When he sat as a juror for group exhibitions, he rejected his own wife's submissions because he feared, not feared, feared accusations of nepotism or maybe he just saw her as competition. Essentially, he didn't want another artist in the house, which I'm like, why did he even marry her? Just, just because of like how popular she was? Um, so did he basically just use her and then, like, they got married, and he was like, oh, let me just use her as my manager now, instead of letting her do her own thing.
0: I feel like, um, I don't know, I think it's hard to speak for Hopper, but I think there has to be some degree of
1: attachment.
2: Yeah. Which is called Stockholm. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> She's not being kidnapped.
2: <laughs> her career was kidnapped. She was held hostage by career. Maybe.
0: But I think on both ends, there has to be some sort of attraction at the beginning that yeah
1: them to where they are. Yeah, I mean, maybe she thought she could fix him. Well, they were like 40,
2: right? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. yeah so too. maybe they're
2: like, I don't want to fucking die alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let
0: me just
1: get married. Um, All possibilities. Yeah, and I guess since they were older, whenever they got married, they also didn't have kids. She loved them. She had been she had she had a teaching degree and she had taught kids at one point, but he didn't like kids at all. So they referred to his paintings, his paintings only, as their children, which is oh, just so dumb because her paintings were called Poor Little Stillborn Infants and Little Bastards. And she also said this herself, which I'm like, this is so sad.
2: She's been brainwashed.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Looking at a picture of them, I'm like, she looks like an old lady that would bake you
1: cookies. I know. I'm so sad for her. Um. Yeah, it's kind
0: of, it, there's like so many aspects of it. I also think it just seems like her entire personality just got dampened. Because if she was going to college when most women weren't going to school and she was partaking in acting club, which seems like a thing you would do if you're very outgoing or like have a kind of gregarious personality it just seems like after the marriage she's losing her friends and she's sticking it out with hopper it seems like i don't know there's like a damp and there's like a damner on her personality she's like no not the same outgoing person and that's just so sad to see as well
1: yeah and the thing is like even though he treated her so badly she wrote things like Of course, if there can only be room for one of us, it must undoubtedly be he. I can be glad and grateful for that. Which, I'm like, did she actually believe this? Or was she kind of brainwashed into believing this? Because she must have had some amount of, like, a greater degree of self-respect for herself.
2: Was was there no, like, sarcasm in her
1: statements like that? I don't think so, because her main complaint was only that her husband was not uh, supportive of her work, and she asked him once, "Is it nice to have a wife who paints?" And he said, "It stinks." Which I'm like, "What?" Because then she also wrote things like, "Ed, Ed is this very center of my universe. It is such blessedness that Edward and I have each other. Surely I'll be allowed to go when he does." Like she loved him so much, but also it's just, it just I so mean, bad.
0: I kind of understand like the if one of us is successful it should or it has to be he right because like I think even now today if I were to marry a guy and we were both in like the same position like job position and only one of us had like the option for advancement or if he was making his way up the ranks like faster than I was or seemingly faster than I was then I would be like yeah I would 100% support you and then do my part at home because I'm like it seems like the world wants you to be successful or at least the firm wants you to be
2: (laughs) what they've gotten to
0: her (laughs) i mean i just man she's not proud of it (laughs) i'm just saying like i would hope in an age of equality that if it seemed like i was making advancements very quickly my husband would support me right (laughs) but like i can kind of understand the perspective because they have to feed themselves somehow and if her work isn't taking off anymore, and his is. Mm-hmm. Then, like, yeah, you kind of have to sideline some of your own stuff. It just sucks that he has to be so rude about his her work, right? Like, yeah, there could definitely be some support from Hopper, but like, I can see her perspective. Like, if I'm gonna feed myself and eat and have some sort of legacy left behind, then yeah, like, I'm gonna want my husband to succeed, and if it means that I have to kind of sideline my own work so that you know he can be successful, then that's then I'll, yeah. I'll have to take the bullet, you know? Not everybody can become famous, <laughs> or not everybody can, you know, move up that rank of command. Yeah.
1: But, see, the no. only thing is, oh, sorry,
2: go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just like, that's a very noble thought, but, no, put yourself <laughs> first.
0: <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, that's. I think that's a very, like, I mean, I think that's a very single thought. I think when you're in a couple relationship, then the entity and the household becomes more important than the self. Like, think about all the times our parents have put us before them, right? Like, Okay, but I feel like that's
2: different. Because, like, they birthed you versus I chose to be with this person.
0: Yeah, but, like, also when you're in a relationship, it's, like, I feel like there's less of the self and more of the entity. You know what I mean? Like, you are a household. You are a team. Like, if one of you succeeds, it means both of you are succeeding versus, like, if... My husband's succeeding. He's the only one who's succeeding. I right. would think um, of it more like a team.
2: I wish more people had your train of thought. Because that is not I the mean, reality.
0: I think that is... well, no, i I'm think that that's a good
2: thing that you think that. But people are just inherently selfish. And that is not most cases.
0: Yeah, I mean, I so would just... If, so if you find yourself in a situation like these artists, think of yourself and get out. I mean, I understand, like... But I'm just saying like, if it does seem like my husband is becoming much more successful than I am in the career, then like, yeah, I would go support him. But I would hope in the age of equality that if it seemed like it was the reverse, that the same would happen for me, right? Because there's no way like in a marriage where you have to take care of kids or you have to take care of your household, even if you don't have kids, that both of you guys can go pursue something. I think especially as something as difficult to make it as art you know, like, I don't think it's feasible for both of you guys to go out and try to, like, become successful.
1: Yeah, um, the only thing, I think my main, like, (laughs) source of anger at this point was just because it seemed like she was at the height of her career whenever they got married, so, like, after that, her career kind of died. I guess her art style also kind of became out of date by that point, because, like, realism and like the war had just happened they were in the mid they were in the roaring 20s
0: at that point
1: so all these new art movements art styles um like we previously talked about dadaism was going on (laughs) so um it's just kind of sad to see that like it happened because of that but or like it happened basically because they got married (laughs) but i guess at some point she did realize that like it's better if at least one of us is successful rather than like both trying to be.
0: Yeah, because she was like doing a lot of the management for him. Like she, like, I don't think she was like making the appointments, talking to art dealers, helping him set up his exhibitions. So I feel like if she wasn't doing that, then he wouldn't be successful. And on the same regard, I don't think she would have been successful either because even the art she was producing was not well received by critics. So
1: yeah, by that point. Um, and the thing is, she did have a role in the artwork, in his artworks themselves. She facilitated their happening. She fantasized and she fantasized about and named characters. She shopped for props. She helped with the composition. So, like the painting table, tables for ladies, the food is placed how Nivison would place hers. So she was basically an art director for his pieces. So she did have a really big role in, like, his paintings themselves. (laughs) Um, Going back to kind of, like, I guess hating on (laughs) Edward Hopper a little bit, he influenced not only her art style, but also the subjects that she painted, like, later on. He didn't let her drive. So that was also kind of (laughs) one of the things I was like, okay, dude. But he didn't let her drive. So they had to paint the exact same scenes. But like obviously they painted the, they painted them different ways because they had different ways of presenting things. Um, I was talking about this at the beginning of the episode. His style was more imaginative, whereas hers was more grounded and more I guess closer to reality than his was. His does like just thinking about Nighthawks, it does seem a little like dreamlike, or maybe that's just because we're looking at it from the standpoint, like we're looking at it from a modern point of view, whereas. Nighthawks at that time would have been more of like a normal view that they might have seen, you know, Um, just people out and about. Yeah. Okay. Going back to, again, Edward Hopper, um, I was just talking about how he influenced a lot of her artworks um, or like the stuff she painted. He also, um, there was a comparison of them, like Edward Hopper and Josephine Nivison to F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda Fitzgerald. Um, You guys all know F. Scott Fitzgerald uh, has written or he wrote The Great Gatsby. And like one thing I read that really stuck out to me was like the failure of men to accept the efforts of creative women was not unique to the visual arts, which you can see in F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda Fitzgerald's relationship as well. They both kind of felt threatened by their their wives' efforts in. Like their own professional field. Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, he's seen as like the genius husband who belittles and steals from his wife. And it's kind of like Edward Hopper as well, because he experienced conflicts with his wife, but he also depended on her to model for him, keep his record books, handle his correspondence, and fend off those he wanted to avoid. So it's very... I don't know what the term i'm looking for here is it's like but it's very it's very
2: like parasitic in my opinion
1: yeah it's it's one of those yeah parasitic is the right term for it um they both needed each other but the husband defended on the wife more in both cases and that's kind of how their life was um eventually when they died Edward Hopper died 10 months before Josephine Nivison did. She, she was like, it's like a part of me is missing. And it sounds very romantic or like she did love him a lot, even though like he, she was kind of sad about um, like she couldn't do her art the way she wanted to. Like I said, like there's some instances where she f- seems to express that in her diaries, but there's other instances where she's like, oh, it's okay. Um, at least one of us is doing well. Um, But yeah, when she died, when, sorry, when Edward Hopper died, she was like, what has become of my world? It's evaporated. I just trudged around in eddies. So she definitely questioned the validity of her successful husband's aesthetic for her own work and resented his pressure to stop, his pressure on her to stop making her own art. So while she did support her husband a lot and was like, yes, go, go Edward. Like, I love him so much. <laughs> she was also kind of saying, like, oh, this is what has become of my own art and, like, my lifestyle as well. She protested the male art established, male art establishments, disdain for work by a male artist. Um, she had to channel her anger into her diaries. Um, so there, there, like I said, there are excerpts where, She sounds a little pissed. Um, And then (laughs) while she did lose a lot of her friends, she did have like a small group of six friends who called themselves the Euripides gang. Um, Euripides was an ancient Greek playwright and they would read his works or his tragedy, his works which were tragedies together and they would take comfort in like his consolation of determined or desperate women. So she did find mediums to, I guess, express her anger um, and frustration, but ultimately supporting her husband was the more important thing.
0: Yeah, I feel like when you're at that point, it's like you, of course, you would feel sad that you're own career didn't take off the way, and I mean, I would 100% feel resentful and angry that my husband is belittling my art. Like, seriously, dude, you can't even organize your own exhibition or talk to people. But I think you would try to take as much comfort as you can in the fact that LBC is successful with your efforts. So, and like, I think it makes sense that she is like in her diary, she is both upset but also okay with it at different times, right? It's just like the way life swings you know if you're having a bad day you're like wow my entire life sucks i've accomplished nothing but yeah. on a good day you're like i've done some things at least and my husband is successful
1: yeah but yeah um i was just going to say like i'm just really curious as to like there's a certain degree i guess that edward hopper i don't know man he it's also a little visible in his artwork um the fact that he's kind of like Alluding to the transformation of his wife, um, one of his pieces, since she was a, his model in a lot of his works, there's one caricature that he drew in 1934. Um, she was depicted as an invisible wom- woman, um, and her earring, collar, cuffs, and shoes, they were all dotted around a featureless blank space. So what a lot of people think now is didn't he mean that she was um, an empty canvas to be built up out of fantasy. Or did he mean that she was apt to disappear? Like did he always think that she wasn't that big of a deal or like, you know, I don't know. So was he transforming his wife or erasing her? That's kind of a big question and like it sums up part of their relationship, but also
2: he never like expressed remorse like, oh damn, I did this to this woman. <laughs> like without unconsciously maybe.
1: I
0: don't know I man. doubt it. I don't think he ever thought it was it doesn't seem like he would think it's a like what his actions are are like a bad thing Mm -hmm. also i think you also have to keep in mind like the time period like women had just gotten the right to vote he was like yeah he grew up in an environment where like women had just gotten the right to vote uh they were like not allowed to do a lot of things on their own prior to this time period so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i think in many senses there is no weight on what female equality like i don't think he ever thought in his mind that oh i'm ruining another human being's life
2: i you don't know. know some men will be horrible and then like the last few years of life they're like damn i was a bastard
0: yeah i agree but i think a lot of those instances like come from your environment right like if nobody in your environment is being like you're being horrible to this woman then I don't think they'll ever have the self-reflection to do it it's like I feel
2: like a lot of people tell you you're being horrible but that's how life is I feel um, like they'll tell you but they'll accept it and excuse it
0: I don't I don't know I don't know about this time period because I don't think society really viewed women as equals so I don't think that's my reason for why I think Hopper would never feel remorse because he just grew up in this environment where he there was no indication from society saying that you have to treat women equally or fairly or as like another male peer you know well, a lot of
2: men got married just to reproduce and clearly he had no intention so my question is then what was the point
0: i mean i think you can still get married because you're lonely (laughs) not necessarily just to reproduce well i guess we'll never know his true reasons for marrying but
2: well i don't know it seems like he didn't very. He didn't enjoy her company that much. That's true. It seemed like he just married a living model.
0: Yeah, I think every human to some degree will feel loneliness. So I can see him marrying out of loneliness, but also just finding it that without he can't live without her. It's a toxic relationship. I don't think we can ever understand all the intricacies or provide explanation for how it <laughs> worked.
1: Yeah. And going back to what Manchu was saying, um, we have to remember that World War I was kind of the time where women were just trying to get a little bit more freedom because they were involved um, more in like the daily life activities at home while the men were off at war. So that's also kind of why um, women were so like, oh, we need the right to vote at this point. And they got it in 1919. Um, and then after that, My other point was, we can relate it to The Great Gatsby, um, since we talked about F. Scott Fitzgerald, like, Daisy and her husband, what was his name, James? I think it was Tom. Tom, Tom, yes. Um, He just, he didn't view Daisy at all as, like, an equal. He, I'm pretty sure he was having an affair or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. and that was also set in the roaring 20s well that also translated to kind of how she
2: treated her daughter like yeah, their yeah. daughter mm-hmm. she treated her the same as her husband but at the same time daisy in a way kind of felt was bad also yeah yeah she, was- she also kind of felt bad because i think in one point she gets drunk and she's like i feel bad for my kid because she's a girl she oh, made a mis- yeah, yeah. she made the mistake yeah. of being a girl
1: yeah yeah, you'd think Daisy is very ditzy and just like, oh, I'm just here for the fun. But she did realize it and she expressed it while she was drunk. Um, and Tom was also more of like a controlling type of figure. Um, he got angry very easily. So. What an uncomfortable time period. Yep, <laughs> But yeah, so... Anyways, Edward Hopper died. Um, 10 months later, Josephine also died. But before she did, she gave away their art, which was around 3,000 pieces, which was unprecedented. Like that amount of artwork was unprecedented in the time, in the history of museums at the time. And she gave it all away to the Whitney Museum of um, American Art. And what the museum did was they kept most of Edward Hopper's art and they threw out a lot of her stuff. <gasps> so they either loaned out um or okay not they didn't the
2: even put it. in the basement like oh we'll just put it down there
1: so kind of they loaned it to hospitals and office buildings so um wait i'll get to that in a second hold on <laughs> I, my brain is thinking ahead of like where my mouth is <laughs> um some of it got loaned out to hospitals and office buildings and they like literally threw out a bunch of other stuff um uh, because um she was just seen as mrs hopper and not Josephine. The museum didn't see much value in preserving the history um, in which the perspective was reversed so they kept obviously kept the works where she was the model because um, mm. Edward Hopper painted them but not vice versa. Edward was a subject so the museum didn't really see the value in that and like they did apologize eventually. Um, But that was, uh, like, years down the road, long after they died. So, um, and another interesting thing is, last episode, we talked about Andy Warhol. And the thing is, in 1970, when Andy Warhol had his attempted assassination by Valerie Solanus, um, and she was in prison. And, like, there was this whole, 1970, that would have been after Woodstock. So, everyone's just kind of, like, there's, there's. I think there was like another revival of like new ideas and stuff going on at that time and women were like she like that lady was already in prison because of Andy she tried to murder Andy Warhol Um, and women were also leaving raw eggs and um, boxes of tampons on the Whitney Museum staircase Um, because like the big question was where are the women in a survey show who are perpetrated. To represent the American art scene, and the thing is, if only they had known where to look. Because if they had looked closely, or I guess they wouldn't have known. But if they had known, they would have seen all the frameworks that Josephine gave to the Whitney um, around town in New York City, because of, like I mentioned, the hospital lobbies, offices, and reception areas, which were all spaces where women waited and they passed through, but they never really like arrived. They never like I don't know how much people take notice of the stuff in hospital lobbies and waiting rooms like I know I look at art and I'm like oh that's a nice painting but it I wouldn't go up to it and be like oh who's this by or whatever so I think it's a good thing that or sorry it's not a good thing (laughs) that it was never known but like if it had been known they would have found it right away type of thing that seems pretty symbolic yeah i feel like she i don't know i feel really bad for her cuz she gifted all that art to the museum they just yeah
0: she could have sold it yeah didn't they also say that she was very like she felt very self important donating her own work yeah. alongside
1: of edward hoppers yeah yeah the new york times made fun of her because Mm. she gifted her own works and they said and i quote a painter herself she was convinced of the value of her work like
2: this breaks my heart
1: yeah Yeah. it was really sad yes
2: martica why did you present this to us i mean we have literally supposed to go to bed now and then like go to work tomorrow
0: I think it's also worth like something that actually stuck with me as you were talking about her life is we actually know like a lot about her life because her diaries were preserved so that means like she had friends in her life that cared about her so much that they kept her stuff like kept her paintings her documents her letters her diaries like and so now we have all this information about her and she's being remembered but that's just that's to me is like a bright note to know that in her life people loved her enough that they saved all of her stuff and that today we can be here and talk about her legacy and her
1: life and she is being recognized to some degree yeah and she is called one of the for or she is one of the forgotten women in art and i'm sure there's many others out there and hopefully they all also get their recognition one day yeah well i mean just to recap
0: for our audience (laughs) josephine nivison great artist married edward hopper who took a lot of inspiration from her art style who used her as a manager her art career went to shambles and his just took off after that and then she just became his manager and didn't get the recognition she used to have before their marriage Uh, marriage is a trap listeners (laughs) don't get married
2: if you're thinking, uh, if you
0: suspect that your partner is ready to propose, run away. <laughs> yes, yes. If we just look at this one incident, that's certainly what it seems like. But yes,
2: <laughs> don't help anybody out in their career. You just you keep
0: walking forward, <laughs> even if you're dating them. Well, there's always a balance to be struck, but man, it's not. It's not looking good for marriages
1: right now. <laughs> Every episode, you guys, you both have some kind of like little argument about something. <laughs> it's always Sahania yelling at you, she. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, wow. At least I don't have a that's so phrase this week. Yeah, I was gonna say, what are you gonna say now? I feel what do you like have to say? It's from just this so very sad episode. Yeah, it's just so it's so sad. I didn't feel it was appropriate to have a that so cash phrase at the end of this. Right,
2: uh, Josephine, you you have you have gained the respectful silence of a not that's so blank.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we are talking about you today and hope that from wherever you are in the afterlife, you appreciate that your legacy is with us.
2: Uh, even her last name sounds like magnificent. She could have been great. She was great. And then a man came and took her glory away. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> First mistake, being born a woman. Uh, my heart breaks. All right. Okay. Well- career goal make a whole ass gallery dedicated to her
0: <laughs> it will happen there's actually an exhibition for her in 2017 well it was an exhibition for the hoppers in 2017 where they
1: displayed both their art but yeah all right we're gonna wrap this episode up if you have any stories you would like us to cover email us at
2: artdramalama at gmail.com or follow us on facebook twitter art drama llama instagram art drama llama and patreon art drama llama and lastly thank you for joining us and hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries with y'all next time bye llamas